Well-known climate scientist Michael Mann recently won a million-dollar lawsuit against conservative bloggers. Mann alleged in a suit that he was defamed by the bloggers who said the climatologists molested and tortured data. So what precedent could this case set? Lee Curry is the Director of Strategic Litigation with the Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy. She's been following the lawsuit. Hi, Lee. Welcome to ClimateCast. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. So what was your initial reaction to the jury verdict in this Mann lawsuit? I was very excited to see the jury verdict. Uh, I've been following this case for years. It's actually been going on for 12 years. So I was really excited to see the jury come back with a favorable verdict for Dr. Mann. And what kind of arguments and strategies were the bloggers using in their defense? They were using some tactics and strategies that we've seen in a lot of climate litigation around the country. So they were broadly claiming that they were protected by the First Amendment and that the things they said about Dr. Mann online uh, were part of their right to free speech. They were also claiming that this lawsuit by Dr. Mann was a uh, strategic lawsuit to squelch their right to public participation. Um, and so they tried to get it dismissed on that ground as well. We've seen in some of the other climate accountability lawsuits, including Minnesota's that we filed in 2020, the defendants using some of these same arguments. And what about Mann? What kind of arguments was his legal team making? For Mann to succeed on a defamation suit, he had a pretty high burden of proof to meet. He had to show that what the bloggers were saying about him was false. He also had to show that what the bloggers uh, were saying was said with actual malice which is a term of art that means that they either knew what they were saying was false or that they acted with a reckless disregard for the truth or falsity. And so he had to prove you know, that, that they didn't even bother to check whether what they were saying about his data being fraudulent, whether that was true or false. And he succeeded on those claims. What do you think this decision says about when climate skepticism crosses the line into defamation? This case says that climate deception is not a First Amendment right. Um, you know, this is really part of a trend in cases of fossil fuel companies and supporters losing in court uh, on this ground. And so I do think we're seeing um, a turning point in the public understanding and the court's understanding that there is a true and a false when it comes to climate science. We can't continue to just say, oh, it's it's confusing, it's uncertain, there's no known answer, so I can say anything I want about it. We're past that point. So what implications do you think, Lee, going forward, this verdict could have? So I hope climate scientists take some comfort in this verdict, um, understanding that the law will protect them from deliberate false attacks like this. Um, and that they are emboldened to continue to do great work and help the public understand what's happening with climate change. Lee Curry, an attorney with the Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy, thanks so much for sharing your perspective on ClimateCast today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Climate scientists have worked in good faith to communicate climate science for decades, and this verdict sets a clear line for climate skepticism and criticism in our ongoing public discussions. 
That's Climate Cast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutton.